This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster, along with the help of guests from all walks of life. We'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning, and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are, while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so thankful that you're here. Today, we are having on someone that has made such an impact in my life. Hers was the first course that I ever took. It was the Sisu Society, and then I did the Feminine Spirit School, and she's got a ton of programs on her site, but it those were the first courses I ever signed up for, and they blew my heart wide open. I still use so many of the tools that I gained through them, and through her work, I've become more unapologetically myself because she's a huge permission slip in that. And I've learned what it means to love with more grace, to keep my heart open when I get triggered to withhold. I've not become a master in any of these things, but I've at least learned them from her and it's become a practice for me. She is what you'd get if a tantrika made love to a comedian. Just go check out her Instagram page and you'll, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You'll be laughing a ton. She's a devoted teacher and ecstatic for love and her soul being both mysteriously ancient and playfully young allows her to access wisdom beyond the present society and catalyze it into digestible earthly knowledge for modern women and men. Her desire is to spread the gospel of sacred union, teaching people how to unite the feminine alongside the masculine within themselves, with a partner, and finally with the world. Her work and story has been featured in hundreds of podcasts, as well as various publications such as BBC, The Huffington Post, Teen Vogue, Thought Catalog, Nylon Magazine, The Daily Mail, Vice, Greatest Men's Health, People, and ABC News Nightline. I'm so excited for her new book, which is devoted to teaching you the sacred art of being creative in love. Please help me welcome the artist of love, Maddie Moon to Untamed and Unashamed. Hi. Hi, thank you so much for having me here today. Yeah, I'm so excited. This is, I think, my third time interviewing you. That's right. Yeah, the first time was, uh, gosh, like four years ago. And it was just, we were both in completely different places in our lives. And uh, yeah, then the second time was maybe like a year and a half ago. So I was in CSU Society at the time. And mm. now you have, your book is already a number one bestseller. It's a bestseller and number one in certain topics, I believe mm. on Amazon. So I'm so, mm-hmm. so, so excited for you. Thank you, love. Yeah, I remember that first episode. I think it was like, I don't know if it was a two hour long interview, but yeah. it was long. And I remember being in New York City at that time I was traveling, um, living in this, you know, very small little Airbnb with a boyfriend and, um, and then last year in California and then now I'm in Austin, Texas. So it's just really fun to think about the journey that's been tracked all throughout interviews. (laughs) That's the amazing thing about podcasts. I know that first one, I remember I was, um, recording in my little closet that I didn't know had mold in it. 
And I, I couldn't figure out why I was coughing so much in all of the interviews. And it's because I was sitting next to a moldy wall without knowing. And I was in such a, um, such a toxic relationship. And it was really interviewing people like you, London Angel Winters, that even shined light on that. Like I wasn't even really aware mm. of my situation until I talked to people like you guys through the podcast. So mm. yeah, I'm so, so, so thankful looking back as well. And so your book, it's called Artist of Love and it's already available. Can you uh, just share what that means to be an artist of love or to be creative in yeah. love? Yeah. Artist of love. I know the people at home can't see this, but I'm just going to raise it up because I have the book. Yeah, it's so pretty. Um, Yeah. So to be an artist of love, this really came through for me around my truth in regards to what feminine embodiment really means. Mm. Because like most women, I have been slotted into what it means to be a woman Mm -hmm. from these rules that men wrote tens of thousands of years ago to the current modern day versions of patriarchy to our family units and our systems and the way that partners and teachers try to mold us. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's right in your face that it is unhealthy right like the like the media what we grew up watching like thin women and like this is what's hot and this is what's proper and being kids being told us little girls like being sweet and cute but then there's also the more subtle ways as we get into being adults even in I I'm a teacher of feminine and masculine polarity Mm -hmm. and even so I've experienced so much very sneaky sneaky Uh, box placements in that world too around how to be a feminine being always open your heart always reveal from the deepest truth be a pulsing ray of love light and pleasure and if you're angry do it in this way Mm -hmm. and if you have a problem show it in this way use your sounds over your speech Like there's all these ways that I started realizing, oh, this is unhealthy too. This is another way of what it means to be a woman. And it's so beautiful in so many aspects. And yet there are many pieces missing because women weren't teaching it. Mm. That's really what I've seen is that a lot of phenomenal male teachers are teaching what it means to have feminine embodiment and masculine embodiment. And they're doing wonderful work. And mother knows what it means to be a woman crone knows what it means Mm. to be a woman maiden knows what it means to be a woman and so I went on this journey and this trek of discovering the feminine through yet again these uh, blueprints that were laid out before me and I learned so much and I grew so much and I changed so much and I opened so much it was beautiful but then I touched the boundary of it where I was like but now I'm ready to expand beyond this And the rules were saying, but you can't, this is what it is now to be feminine. So artist of love for me was birthed of taking the beautiful building blocks of polarity and these feminine masculine principles, but then adding to it the boxless world of acting and improv and expression and the unknown, because truly what it means to be an artist is to create something out of nothing. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. to take your pain and turn it into something marvelous and beautiful that the world does not even know needs to exist. And that's what women do. They are these, the way that I've been thinking about it and teaching about it lately is that the feminine being that she's energy, right? So if we look at these principles of polarity, the feminine is energy and the masculine is consciousness. Well, what is energy if not a shapeshifter? The feminine is a shapeshifter. She's the ocean one minute and then she's a river and then she's the rain. She Mm -hmm. gets to change her forms. No one can tell her that there's only one form that she can inhabit or she will go crazy, psychosis, gaslighting herself. She'll go nuts because she's an ocean, but she's also supposed to be a waterfall. And if certain people or the world is telling her there's only one form she can take, she'll grow stale. She'll grow bitter and resentful being an artist is the cure to that because you get to say i'm going to take these boxes the world has put me in and put it through this divine shredder and i'm going to step out and i'm going to reclaim my rightful place in the center stage as an actor of my own life as an artist that gets to create everything i want so this book gives you different playing fields for that like through the lens of polarity how do you become an artist through the lens of acting mm-hmm. who who's a non-actor right for for all the women in the world who are non-actors how can we take these rules and like um well that's not the right word i want to use how can we take these principles of acting and embodying characters and bring it into our actual life and create something with it and use acting and our body as an instrument to deepen intimacy, to deepen love, our partnerships, to move from toxic entanglements into exquisite partnerships. Yeah. So that's in a in a not so nutshelly explanation of what an artist is. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. And I didn't think about because I, you know, I have a very religious dogmatic background like you do. And I didn't think about how. I could kind of put that because before what was so damaging or um, wounding about that is being constantly controlled. And this is how I'm supposed to be. And I didn't think about how sometimes now in this work, I'm doing that to myself again, you know, and maybe that's why I get so much resistance around it at times, but how can we, um, how can we do this that you're speaking of without also placing that upon Mm. us? Like, I have to do this. Now. Mm, wow. Well, I just got something that's going to sound very like, I don't, I don't know, bunt, uh, bunt, mm-hmm. bold and blunt, but mm-hmm. it's coming to me. So I'm just going to say it. Yeah. Thinking for ourselves mm-hmm. in a world full of amazing teachers that we can learn from, we can't forget how to think for ourselves yeah. and feel for ourselves because it's so, I mean, some people are still on a track where they need to learn how to have a teacher because they're like, I'm going to do everything myself. I always will have teachers in my life. Yeah. Teachers are, are everything. I've had teachers since I was 20 mm-hmm. and I have one that I've worked with for years now. And I'm just gobble, gobble, gobble. Like I love, I love my teachers mm-hmm. and they are not the gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have to remember that this idea of gatekeepers is everywhere in our society. You think about, Catholic churches and the priests dictating who gets into heaven and who will go to hell. And they, this man is the way to go to God. Mm -hmm. And this was created so many years ago as a method of 
of controlling the people mm-hmm. so that they get to be the gatekeeper. And we see these gatekeepers all over. Like I just went through self-publishing this book because I refused to have a gatekeeper, even a mm-hmm. traditional publisher telling me what could and could not be in my book. A whole yeah. body was like rebel, <laughs> right? Which is funny because I'm also such a student. I'm also like, I'm teacher's pet. Like I want to do the best. I'm going to do all the papers. I'm going to study all the books. I'm going to record voice notes and then like transcribe those notes. Yeah, me too. Everywhere. (laughs) It's this really interesting like push and pull between both of these. And that's a true artist. Like think about any artist. I'm going to take, since you have such a deep connection also with Yeshua, let's take Yeshua Mm -hmm. as an example. Yeah. Total sacred rebel. Like people were essentially raising their pitchforks to like, this is not going to happen and crucified him for it. So he was a rebel saying, I'm going to follow my sacred Dharma because that's what I'm here to do. But he was also such a deep student of God. Mm -hmm. So there was this beautiful balance. And I think as an artist, we have to cultivate that. But to really narrow in on your question, especially for women, this is a time we get to take in what our sacred teachers are saying about being feminine and revealing our heart and all these beautiful things and sit with ourselves and ask, is this my path? Mm-hmm. Is this is my path. Or do I have a path that I'm here to innovate and make something new mm-hmm. rather than regurgitate everything that I am learning from everyone on Instagram, write a post mm-hmm. just like that person or this person or do what that person's doing. And that's what I love about this idea of becoming like becoming the leading actor of your own life is that you're taking the center stage. The show is you, you get to create, you get to manifest, you get to innovate, especially around the topic of what it means to be a woman, because no man can tell you that. Mm -hmm. I love men. They can support Mm -hmm. and they can guide and they can encourage and they can, they can do their best to help liberate but we are the liberators of our own nature and we are the innovators of that as well. And the more we start to play with our own creative spirit and follow the whims of our womb saying, try this, say that, be goofy here, be playful there, take a risk, put your panties in his back, like do this or whatever, <laughs> send that text, whatever. Start just like living this life of more creative fluidity that's when you start to discover like, oh, this is what it means to me to be feminine. That's so good. And I use this so much in my mothering. It's just, I really need to use it in my partnership. Uh, And I'm curious too, like when we try to do this in our partnership, do you have a tip or tool around when we're sharing our expression in this artful way, how we can do it as an invitation instead of um, like this, like passive aggressive Mm. demand or this, like, you know, because sometimes we can do it in a way that like almost comes across like a judgment too. So Mm. do you have maybe a tip or tool on, because yours are just so much an invitation and you make it look so damn easy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, trust me, I, I know, I know, I know the pains of doing it in real time and it not being easy. I know that very intimately. Um, so I have, a, I have a lot of tools and tips. So I'm trying to narrow in on like, what's the most important accessible one for me to share? Um, 
I can't answer that without a couple things. Okay. So one thing is that your whatever your resentments are or whatever your pains are, they're valid. Mm-hmm. And one of the problems, one of the pitfalls that I see in the polarity world is that there is a trend of like living beyond those. Like, okay, so you're a woman who's bitter and resentful that your man's not stepping up to the plate. Can you open your heart and reveal your anguish instead of your anger Mm. more and more and more and more and more? That's a beautiful teaching, but it's only one. Mm -hmm. There's also a time and a place for feeling your fucking anger. Feel your anger, not to, you know, expel it and like go directly into your man and and like make it sharp and painful and hurt him and belittle him and make him small, right? We don't, that doesn't help you or them, but that doesn't mean that you skip over that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is necessary actually to want to belittle and to want to be filled with anger. But can you do that in a container with yourself mm. rather than in the presence of them? Mm-hmm. So I, I do think there's a time and a place for like, I'm just going to get angry and like pretend like I'm you know, grabbing a glass and <laughs> spitting in it. And like, I don't know what, what, what I want to say to him and like letting out it all ferociously, viciously, but like, Mm. Do it in your bedroom. Do it with the door shut. Have space to let out all of that energy because if you don't and you're just the open-hearted feminine goddess of love and light, (laughs) it will come out as passive aggressiveness. Mm. And it's because Mm. you're betraying yourself. You're betraying the very natural, real energy that wants to be um, released and moved through. We don't need to expel it into somebody, but maybe we do need to expel it in our own private space. Yeah. Um, cleanse the room afterwards so there's that (laughs) there's also there's also a time and a place to sit down with your beloved and say hey can we speak you know the other day my friend was um I love doing this for my friends because they tell me exactly what it is they want to say they just don't know they're doing that Mm -hmm. my friend was calling me and she was like this guy that I'm talking to he's just not communicating with me and I just want to shake them and say communicate with me what you're feeling I don't want to lead this conversation it hurts my heart to like tell you that I want to hear from you and I just I don't know if he's my guy and I was just like you know what you need to do you need to go to him you need to shake him and you need to say I just don't know what you're thinking I want you to communicate with me I, I want to hear from you I don't want to lead this literally exactly what she told me that's what needs to be told mm-hmm. to the partner. We, we often think whatever it is we're telling our girlfriends is the last thing we could tell our partner. But that's actually, a lot of the times, the thing. Again, not to belittle shame or blame, mm-hmm. but to speak from the heart. I want to feel you. I want you yeah. to communicate with me. Where are you? Mm-hmm. So you're asking about art and I want to just make it clear stating those things first because the very literal tangible I want to feel you I want to communicate with you all that stuff is important too mm-hmm. to get to the art mm. because I'm for every piece of like creative expression you see me do in a skit on my Instagram reel or every example I offer of how to creatively move from an argument into something playful for every time you see that there's another time of sitting down and having a very unsexy conversation Mm. or saying saying something like it is Mm -hmm. like like I have examples in the book of just saying like one of my most artistic moments of my of my past relationship was a moment where I was feeling very 
stuck in a, like we had an argument and sometimes it takes me days afterward to, to move it through my body. Yeah, it's still a process me for me. And one of the artistic ways we decided to work on this was to wrestle. And mm. so he wrestled me, I wrestled him, he pinned me down and put like a loogie right over my face. Oh my God. <laughs> and just before he was about to drop it onto my face, I started crying, like something cracked open from the physical pressure of his body and the intensity of like this loogie coming out of my face. Something in me uh, released and opened and I started to just cry and sob and say, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to relate. I don't know. I don't know what to, what to do. I'm lost in this partnership. And I was, I was like falling. And it wasn't like this grand gesture of comedy or drama. It was really just like the deepest, rawest truth of my heart. And mm-hmm. that to me is, is, that to me is art. And, and it's hard sometimes to, to get there right off the bat. So it's mm-hmm. important to allow those layers, the three days of like, oh, I can't seem to break through this to the wrestling, then to that deep truth. Mm. but being committed to the truth, no matter what, even if it's rocky, even if it is passive aggressive, but staying committed to getting to the bottom of it eventually is the track that we all must take. And then over time, the, the bridge from the feeling to expressing it the way you want starts to become shorter and shorter and shorter. Yeah. And I feel like you already answered because the, the thing that was an issue for me when you first brought this amazing tool into my awareness was that it didn't feel authentic for me to Mm. act like that. It just didn't feel authentic because it was like, but I'm mad, you know, Mm. or I'm like, but I'm, I'm, I feel let down, you know, Mm. and so it didn't feel authentic to make it playful. Um, but that step is what makes it authentic. So Mm. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, 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 Uh, absolutely. And, you know, you probably found me talking about this or you probably realized me talking about this like a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't talking about this stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, because I I had like these polarity blinders on of like, just express from the truth of your heart and like be feminine. That's what what feminine is. And I've gone through a lot of experiences in the last two years. That's really been like, oh, I had to find it for myself. Again, innovating, realizing there are, so many other steps. If you don't have the other steps, you're in a prison. You're in another box, just Mm -hmm. like going to the priest to confess your sins. Mm -hmm. The same thing, just packaged completely differently. If you can't be a woman who gets to claim her anger because men from tens of thousands of years ago said you can't. Yeah, We're done with that. We're done with that. We get to feel our anger. We're just being discerned. We're discerning of how, when, where, Mm-hmm. And that's part of the art of devotion is like, okay, I'm feeling a lot of anger. Is this the kind of anger that I want to process in a full on screaming fit in my pillow tantrum by myself or with my sisters? Or is this something that I want to ask my beloved to witness? And, and I'm human. Sometimes you're just going to yell and you're going to be passive aggressive. And it's like, can I forgive myself for that? Mm-hmm. That's very valid and real too. And sometimes it's well-deserved because we need to like, wake up our beloveds or wake up ourselves for passive aggressive. It's also like, Whoa, there's something in here. I'm not looking at, and I'm being someone that I don't want to be in love and yeah. love. I want to treat my beloved without passive aggressive behavior. So I did it. I love myself still. 
I love him. I'm going to work on it. And let me look at the reason why passive aggressiveness is coming up in the first place. Cause that's really great medicine too. Yeah. Mm. So good. Thank you. So you've also said that art is the language of your longing. And as a feminine being, you will always be longing. And I, oh, help me. Cause I always want more. I always want more. I feel like I just walk around with this, like, yeah, this longing. And it feels like, um, almost like I start to think like, am I just always going to feel lonely in partnership, you know? And mm-hmm. it, the only time I feel that need or that like gaping bottomless hole filled is in my own pleasure practice by myself, um, in my morning dance sessions and on plant medicine. And Mm -hmm. one of my longings was really poked a way while back, maybe like a year and a half, two years ago when you shared, uh, but I see it constantly shared because it's just, it was such a good piece that it like still keeps coming into my awareness. Stop waiting for a conscious masculine masculine man to take you where you want to go. Mm -hmm. That's one of my deepest longings is to be led and taken deeper than I can go on my own to take Mm -hmm. me deeper than like my own pleasure practice and my own dance. And so, yeah, I, um, I'd love for you to speak on how that is art Mm -hmm. as well or how Um, the the language of that longing is our art. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And I'd also love before I go into that, share with me, what does it mean for you to be taken deeper than you can take yourself? What does that look like? So I think for me, what I envision, I have a hard time articulating it, like what it, what it means, what it feels like, but like what I see happening is like when I have my own pleasure practice, I feel so met by the divine. I still use what you taught in Sisu society of, um, the four foot cock of consciousness. I use Mm -hmm. it all the time. (laughs) Um, and, and it just, Oh my God, it's just, there's nothing untouched in that practice. Like I feel deeply filled up. I feel deeply met and with a masculine presence, um, like with a partner, it's like, I crave that same level of presence Mm -hmm. and I crave, um, I don't know, to be like fucked within inches of my life, you know, like Mm -hmm. to be like, so, uh, the same way that I feel in that practice of, um, man, he's fully here with me, you know, Mm -hmm. like I, I see, I envision, like, I think it's, I've spoke this to Kelly Brogan, but I think it's like one of the reasons why I've been like craving getting flogged with a man who's like in that, mode of being because it like will fully put me back in my body you know because I'm so I tend to kind of get out of my body a lot Mm -hmm. and so yeah like a like that craving in the masculine that is just so there that's like so with me Mm -hmm. and that uh I I, yeah because that's the other thing that's hard is like how can I how can I express this need to someone if I don't even know how to it's like something I just want him to embody, but it's not like something I can say, like, it could help if you did this, you know? You said you can't say that? I, I don't know. Like when, so if my partner were to say like, well, what do you need me to do? Yeah. It's like, it's something that I like feel I need embodied and not like actual, like, we'll do this and then this and then this. Mm. And that's why it's hard for me to mm-hmm. express. Yes. And I have a lot to say about this. Yes. And part of the practice is doing 
Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, a lot of the practice is doing, that's where it starts. There actually is an art to giving feedback, a big art to mm-hmm. giving feedback. And feeling into your, like the flogging thing is such a beautiful example. It may not feel sexy to say what I desire, what would really help me to open is for you to gaze into my left eye with unwavering presence as you flog my ass Mm -hmm. and you say this and this and this. And every time I moan and feel like I go into a state of ecstasy, you breathe me deeper Mm. until I'm in a, until you think I'm fully surrendered. Like that may not be super fun because you're leading. Yeah. But, Mm -hmm. and you, as a, as a woman, like we've been taught that we should not lead Mm. and we, we can, and we should, and we will, we (laughs) will always because we are so deeply in tune. So if we know what we want and yet we're fighting speaking our truth because it's not the feminine thing to do, or it's not going to be as good if we ask for what we want, instead of just having it come to us, we are leading ourselves and our partner into resentment, Mm -hmm. resentment land, because we know what we want. Yeah. And it's like with time, with anything, people stop needing to be told what it is that you want. They'll start to feel you more. Mm. But I think that I'm just saying this for you and for everybody, like there is a very beautiful aspect to asking for what it is you want. And also doing it because God, like because God and goddess, you're in being an artist of love means you do things for the sake of love. Mm-hmm. If asking for what it is you want will lead you and your beloved into deeper love, sometimes mm-hmm. you have to sacrifice your desire for him to just know you to be silent about it and just wait to see if he does it. You have to sacrifice mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. say what it is that you want and take that lead in that way, but then lean back then receive it's like you're creating this sacred container maybe in a bit of the masculine and then part of the practice is can you lead in that way but then directly fall back into surrender and let go Mm. there's a moment where you get to lead but then can you switch and get out of leading totally surrender to what happens afterwards say i'm giving up my masculine role now i'm falling back into the feminine like do with me as you please Mm-hmm. And you have this kind of agility. And this is a very, very deep practice mm-hmm. to be able to know when you're moving into a state of the masculine, because you're helping him help you. But then you have to lean back and say, now mm-hmm. I let go. Mm-hmm. And to speak to the longing piece, I, I believe personally that that's always going to be there. And you're always going to feel lonely in a way. <laughs> and the loneliness can be how you reconnect with God. So we can use the word lonely, but we can, I I prefer the word longing because really it's not a, loneliness is like an, uh, is a, is an isolation and an emptiness where a longing is like, you know, it's a reaching out Mm. and sometimes it can be very painful. It's like, cause you're not feeling something grasping your hand on the other side. Mm. And when you use that moment of reaching out of like, mm, 
my beloved, like, where are you? God, goddess, come to me. You actually can be met with such deep communion of remembering Mm. that's how you feel God. Without that longing, where is God's placement in our life? Mm. It's our reminder, our divine reminder, and as being women where our bodies are literally built to receive that's how our bodies are it's built to take in every time we're we're reaching out for the beloved not a beloved who lives on an earthly plane but the beloved who's god goddess the divine we're asking to be filled we're we're asking my nature is to receive will you fill me Mm -hmm. and that's going to come up for the rest of our lives because that's how we're built yeah and the practices like what you do with the four foot cock of consciousness, whatever happens in those practices that break you open or break you down or make your longing become even more amplified. You can use that as fuel for your creativity, for your creation, because it's, Mm -hmm. it's giving you a gift, a reminder that then you get to harness like how don't, you know, I wrote recently, don't discharge your longing. There's actually something about, you know, I was just doing the reaching thing, like you're reaching for God mm-hmm. and the reaching is so intense that you're like, oh, I'm just going to text Billy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, then you just discharge all the, instead you could be like fueling that, like through your body, up and down your spine, mm-hmm. where you're actually like harnessing this, this power and it's moving through you. It's going like out of you, then back into your crown and then down and then out of you. And you're circulating this energy, which then will turn into something big, like a declaration you make for your life, a project you want to create, a book you want to write, song you want to sing, anything. It can be, it can be born into anything, but instead when we keep discharging it because it's the loneliness, mistake, longing for loneliness and you text somebody or vent to somebody or say it's your fault I feel this way (laughs) you know project your loneliness onto somebody then all that power all that kundalini that could be like really Mm. used for your practice goes like (laughs) (laughs) it just like Mm -hmm. goes down and goes out and leaks whereas you could be harnessing it as a spiritual and sexual gift Mm, this is the first time that I've not wanted my uh, I'll use longing now instead as well. Loneliness sounds so deadly now that mm. I think about it. But yeah, this is the first time that I haven't wanted it to go away. It has so mm. it, like it feels like it has so much purpose. So thank you. It's no secret that shame free sex and pleasure are powerful avenues to deeper connections and an overall sense of well-being. And accessible, expertly designed toys can play a big part in getting you there and making you feel more alive. Dame is leading a sexual wellness revolution as a women-powered resource for game-changing pleasure products and supportive content. Started by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops her products based on research and feedback from people like you. They're making better sexual experiences and more pleasure available to all. Dame's easy-to-use toys and accessories are made with body-safe, doctor-approved materials and smart design principles, and they've earned glowing praise from the New York Times, the Today Show, and many more, including me. Whether you're looking to shake things up with your partner or upgrade your self-care routine, they've got something for every nightstand. 
Even better, Dame offers three-year warranties and hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. And I will guarantee you satisfaction because I use their products myself. They're amazing. My favorite one is their suction toy. I call it the clit sucker, but it's uh, spelled A-E-R. It's called air it's a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation it creates thrilling pulses of air and a soft seal around your clitoris so you can go all the way right away guys i have like eight to ten orgasms almost every time i use it i use it during sex and in my own pleasure practice you will not be disappointed they're also sending me a bunch of their other products so i'll keep you updated but as of right now this one's my favorite and i highly recommend it Go to dameproducts.com and use code JADE today for 15% off your order with Dame. Now on with the show. I'm curious, that example that you brought up of, um, you know, I want you to look in my left eye and, and mm-hmm. you know, these, these, um, this direction and leading that we have, which I didn't realize I had that construct of like, I'm the woman, I just want to surrender and you lead, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that I had that. So thank you for bringing that up as well. But I'm curious when we give that direction or when we, when we lead in that way, and in any time that we're trying to invite men into higher integrity or their higher self, do you have something that we can possibly embody or, or just any tool when it comes to not, I feel that a lot of times for men, they can feel like we're trying to change them or that they're not good enough if we're trying to direct or a lead. So is, do you have anything around that? Well, I mean, let them feel, I am, yes, I do. But first thing I have to say, this, mm-hmm. let them feel like you're trying to change them. See what comes mm-hmm. out of that. You know, like you can't, that's also mothering. Yeah. You're like my little boy's growing up. I can't make him think that I'm trying to change him or lead, you know, yeah. mom has got to step out of the way. There's a, you know, there's a part there's two sides of the mommy and there's like, I've got to take care of you because you don't know what you're doing. Mm. Really like take my hand. And then there is, Ooh, I can't like step on your toes. You're growing up. You know, there's like two sides of the mommy coin. Yeah. Um, so the, the, I, I'm very careful about using this term lightly because I feel like it's kind of been appropriated, but I can say it with you because you so get it. The priestess archetype, mm-hmm. right? So the priestess archetype is, she knows that her gift is her ceremony, is her ritual, is her connection to the sacred and to the divine. Mm-hmm. And so when I lead in any kind of way, I am, I'm invoking my inner priestess. Mm-hmm. It's a different energy. Mm-hmm. And immediately does something because as a priestess, you, you are, you have your domain of the temple. You know how the candles need to be lit. You know how the practice needs to be done. Mm-hmm. There's no question of like, is this emasculating my partner to be a priestess? Mm-hmm. Like, of course not. Like that's your gift. Yeah. And so stepping into that and there, there's, there's a kind of energy where like, I'm creating this space because this is my gift. Mm-hmm. Let's go deep, beloved. Let's go deep. Let's go into this. Like you're gifting them with this experience. So if you say, look into my left eye, breathe with me. And you start singing or whatever comes up, like I feel very feminine offering that. Mm-hmm. It's not a demand of like, all right, look, look into my eye. Now breathe with me on the count of three. 
it's very natural. It's very fluid. And it's not coming from a place of we need to do this in order to deepen our practice. And I don't trust you to do it. Mm-hmm. It's more so we're taking turns. Tonight's my night to be priestess and to gift you. And then you know that your partner will give it back to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, maybe you don't know. Maybe you're like, I don't know if my partner is skilled in that arena. Mm-hmm. Well, if he's your partner, you've chosen a man who's not skilled in that arena. So you have to kind of claim mm-hmm. that. Like mm-hmm. that's maybe your arena that you're skilled in. I'm not mm-hmm. saying this directly to you, but just to everyone. Mm-hmm. There are certain places where we are more skilled and gifted in, and it's a really unhealthy flavor of punishment to be gifted in an area. And expect your partner to have the same desire, the same gift, the same level of attunement. Maybe they have a level of attunement in a different area. Can you be okay with that? If no, maybe time to reevaluate the relationship. If yes, then great. Give your gift and give it fully. Mm -hmm. And if something comes up with him, the fear of needing to be changed, like, let's talk about it. What does that feel like to feel like you need to be changed? And what would it look like for me to offer my gifts as a lover and it not feel like you're trying to be changed? What would mm-hmm. that feel like? Like these are always opportunities to keep exploring and going deeper into what's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels like it, I just, for some reason thought of when you brought up the priestess archetype, it feels like when a man is fearing that you're trying to change him, it, it might be also that he's not trusting that priestess archetype. He doesn't accept Mm. it in you, um, whether that's religious programming or mommy wounds or whatever it is. It feels like that, 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 that wisdom, that gift just isn't trusted. It's Mm. not accepted. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And for some people, this could just be very, yeah, strange and different. And, um, you know, one of the things about men is that not, I'm not going to say all men, but a lot of men, masculine bodied men mm-hmm. is that they need to know how they're going to have more success or how they're going to benefit from something. Mm-hmm. So the first time might be a little like, why are we doing this? But as the intimacy deepens, then there's a purpose behind it for them. And when they have a firmer grasp on how something is going to give them more success or benefit them or take them further in life and deeper in life, then their why is there and they can connect to it. Like women are much more like, this is beautiful. Let's do something beautiful. We're in the moment. We're local. We're like, this feels good. You know, we're here and we're we're in the here and now. Whereas the masculine is more so like future thinking, going deeper, everything needs to have somewhat of a purpose, mm-hmm. even zoning out. There's such a deep purpose to it. It's not mm-hmm. just for the sake of pleasure. It's like, this has got to be to get me to the other side of da da da. And so there, there's, that's important for women to understand as they give their partner some, some space to like, why are we doing this? You don't have to answer that for him, by the way. Mm-hmm. He can discover it on his own. You don't have to be like, we're doing this because it's going to deepen our intimacy. See, watch it happen. Just this is, you can lead with your own desire for this kind of connection and pleasure and then give them some space to start to discover for themselves the gifts of that. 
Mm. the benefits of that because they'll see when your body surrenders when your body opens when you allow yourself to be held they'll be like oh this this is success (laughs) and then something will light up for them and they'll want to keep coming back and doing more because you're the gift the pleasure that comes through your body as a result of those practices is what inspires them to keep wanting to do it so also with that last note be generous with what comes through for you when you do these things, when you do a certain kind of intimacy practice, be generous with the pleasure you feel. Don't hide it. Don't have like mm. a poker face of trying to conceal how nice something feels. Like allow yourself to be yeah. amplified and to share it because that's what fuels him. Yeah. And we have this like idea in our culture that if it's definitely what I've experienced from past bosses is like, if you let them know they're doing great, then they won't try so hard. They'll stop trying so hard, you know? And so, so we have this like, yeah, it's so silly. And you brought up success and it made me think about, cause my next question was going to transition into money. It made me think about like Richard Rudd talks about how there's like a hidden law in front of the law of attraction. That is mm-hmm. exactly what you say. It's um, in different words, but you say, your capacity to receive in relationship is directly or is equal to your capacity to receive in life. Mm -hmm. And if you want to receive more financially, spiritually, energetically, it's open through your triggers and challenges in your relationship. And Richard Rudd talks about like the law in front of the law of attraction is like opening in your triggers Mm -hmm. and like really, really sitting in those challenges. And then the law of attraction comes. So I don't know if you want to add anything to that, uh, but the the question about money was relating to it as a she. I'd never, ever heard of that until you. Um, so I'd love to hear about what that's done for you and, and where that came from. But yeah, if you if you want to add anything to mm-hmm. how in order to receive financially, we have to learn to receive in relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much to say about this. I have a masterclass on it called The Path to Riches, where I talk all about this concept of money being a she. And it really came to me because she, if we think about like the feminine has been poked and prodded and used and, um, you know, there's so many judgments around it. And when when it's resourced and received, people don't appreciate when it's, when it's like blossoming and when it's here mm-hmm. and when it's live, they only notice when it's, going away or when it's dim, you know, so there's a lot of parallels about the she aspect to money, which I'll say for if anyone wants to enjoy that class, but in regards to opening in the, in the moments of triggers, think about every, every time in your life, you have a kind of capacity. You just do, you can't always see it, but your capacity grows the more that you breathe into moments of tightness and rigidity and otherwise collapse Mm -hmm. so those moments in your relationships where prime like um previously you would collapse in the face of someone judging you or not understanding you so let's say maybe you have a wound around men thinking you're crazy because daddy called you crazy and mommy called you crazy and boyfriends called you crazy and so today if a man calls you crazy it's that one word that makes you go 
what the fuck did you say? And you slam the door and you like, you know, go home and you cry for 15 days and you, you collapse. You, you, your spine goes soft, you collapse. Your capacity to hold the emotion that comes up when you hear the word crazy, it's pretty small. You collapse in on yourself. You doubt yourself. You judge yourself. You leave love. You detach. You withhold. Mm-hmm. So ooh, that's a place to expand. So the goal isn't to love the word crazy immediately, but rather to hear it and to be able to breathe with it, able to notice, wow, I want to fall to the floor. I want to murder this person. I want to run away. Like you, you can see everything that's happening, all the urges, but instead of doing all of them, you breathe with them. And I've noticed that the more you do this in love, where when your triggers arise, you learn to breathe through it and to stay and to remain as open as you can, that's kind to yourself. Same thing starts to happen with finances. Like the things that felt crunchy or felt mm-hmm. worrisome or the moments you would collapse when you're, you don't get quite as much money today as you did yesterday, you start to be able to expand your capacity to be with that and to make bigger risks and bigger leaps and pay your assistant more and then charge more for your clients. And you just start increasing your capacity because those feelings of being uncomfortable, you can now be with. Yeah. Whereas you couldn't be with the, fe- the feelings of discomfort and love. You couldn't be with the feelings of discomfort and money. So how far can you really go with taking financial leaps and investing? And I just bought this house and this house feels like a manifestation of all the discomfort that I breathed through in my last partnership. Mm. Like this is my reward from breathing through all of that, all of those triggers, all the moments of trauma bonding that we had and breathing through it and growing through it and creating art through it. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden I had a house. Like that to me is what manifestation really is. It's doing the work yogically to open and to do the shapes and the poses of life in love. And then it comes through in your capacity to hold solid fucking containers in your business and to charge what you're truly capable of offering, like charge what is correct for your deepest offering and to expand. So there's a lot of really beautiful yeah, um, similarities and mirroring and metaphor that happens with what happens in love. Yeah. Finances. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have one more question for, um, to end the show and it's about your book, but before we close off this topic, I'm curious because you brought up the word, um, crazy, like Mm -hmm. that's the thing that can push you over, you know? And I know I thought about like, well, what is the thing that pushes me over? And you know, every year there's a different trauma that shows up. That's like, Hey, you want to work mm-hmm. on me? And, you know, two years ago it was sexual trauma. And this year it was religious trauma. Um, I, I think, you know, part of my story, I was, um, adopted into a really religious home. They basically picked out my husband for me. Uh, I wasn't, you know, they didn't want me to go to school, like all these things. It was super dictated how my access to God was really dictated. So now, um, all of this has been coming to the surface. And I noticed my biggest trigger is religion and uh, condemnation. And like, there's this well-known podcaster that wrote an article and has been going on a bunch of podcasts talking about how plant medicine is missing the mark and how it's not trusting God. And every time I see it shared, because it's in the Austin community big time since he's from here, I'm like, ah, don't condemn people's path of healing. And I get so riled up. 
And, um, you know, my partner attends a Bible study and is a bit in that group as well. And so anytime I sense that in him, anytime he brings it up, it's like this, like Maleficent comes out of me. And, Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious just because I know you've come from a similar background, you know, you're went from religious to sacredly slutty. Um, how have you dealt with that specific trigger? Is there something, is there like some sort of understanding you now hold about that? Because I notice, like when I do that, I'm becoming just like them. I'm becoming religious and dogmatic. So like, mm-hmm. let's talk, you know, but it, I haven't yet, you know, I've had medicine ceremonies where it's like, I was in Mary's womb and I was like there a part of their lineage. And then I had, you know, where my native American ancestry and how like, how hurtful it is to that culture to think that this is the only way, you know, like Mm -hmm. I've understood why it's so triggering for me, but I haven't come to like this understanding towards them in the moment. And I'm, I'm just curious if you've, Mm -hmm. if you have some gold there, because it's so, yeah, well, I would say primarily right now is let yourself feel what you feel. Let yourself be angry. Let yourself be like fuckers. Like, all that, it, it, as if, I mean, knowing that everything in your life has changed its seasons, this too will pass. Mm-hmm. But you're here now, and it hasn't passed yet. And it's not going to pass for as long as you fight what's coming up. Mm. So don't worry about being the perfect spiritual woman who trusts everyone's path. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll get to that place where you feel less triggered. But right now you're triggered. Like, great, create something out of it. Like, you have mm-hmm. a voice. You have something that's wanting to come through. And I think there is like, again, what I was saying earlier, there's a cultivation that can happen. Like use this to cultivate this fire through your body, breathe Mm. this fire in, breathe this. Yeah. Breathe it in, like cultivate it as if it's like this, you know, just treasure chest of jewels, let it expand Mm. through your whole body and harness it, harness it. Like this is your superpower. Um, you're a fire breathing dragon and there's art in there and you don't have to use it to create anything, but you can play with it as a practice, mm-hmm. as a spiritual practice, actually. Um, because I think, I think the thing that it's just the resistance to anything that's naturally happening is the hardest part of it. Like, mm-hmm. instead of trying to fight what you're feeling, ask what you're feeling, what she wants, mm-hmm. what is she wanting to say? Um, where does she want to be placed in your life? Like, how can you let her move through you without stopping her? You know, because you were stopped probably as a kid mm-hmm. when you had things coming up for you that didn't quite feel right. Mm-hmm. As an adult, your job is to continuously stop stopping yourself from feeling what you need to feel. Because mm. I, I went through a period that was very similar not too long ago. And... um see is this true I think what I want to say is that I don't feel nearly as triggered anymore with my dad but I'm just pondering is that true because I do get I do get very very triggered with him because of the world that he lives in where like he 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 doesn't even know who Mary Magdalene is and when I once was like that was that was Yeshua's like divine woman. He was like, ew, gross, no, blasphemy. Oh my God. Like, it, was, it was the word gross, uh, gross to imagine that Jesus yeah. made love, you know? And it, like, this is the world, like he doesn't know about the book of Philip and Thomas and Thunder Perfect Mind. Like that would be crazy. And it, yeah. it, it does 
stir something in me. And at this moment, I'm, I'm, I like the capacity conversation. Like I see mine is very big because I'm a student and I've studied and I've done the work and I see his is very small. Mm. And I remember a time in my life where all I knew was all I knew. And he's in a space where all he knows is all he knows. And I, I can, I can understand that because when you don't know something and when you don't know something, you don't know something. And I've also just started to realize that some people have different lifetimes for different things. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've just really realized that this, this is his lifetime for this. Yeah. He doesn't believe in multiple lifetimes. He's like, <laughs> man, all, everything I believe he thinks is so dumb and it's really frustrating but like he does not believe we come back whereas I believe we do and I think this lifetime for him is about the things he's experienced and I don't think it's for him to move to expand and I think the next one will be and he'll come back and he'll like grow more and I I can love him so much more deeply from that stance of like I'm not going to punish this man for something he's not here to learn Mm, mm, that's so good yeah and it took me a while to get here and I'm just I I I see him as a child in a way of just like he doesn't not that he's a not he's experienced so many things in his life but as a child like we're all children we are all children there's things I don't know and won't know in this lifetime and I hope somebody doesn't punish me for not having my mind open to it yet Mm it's not sovereign in my journey he's not sovereign in that journey Mm-hmm. he's sovereign in his own journey who am I to come in on his journey with what his beliefs are that's getting him through life mm-hmm. his anchor to why he's here and take it from him when he he did not sign up for that oh. in this lifetime it's not my job so good thank you mm-hmm. yeah because mm-hmm. otherwise again what you're saying is like it's the complete opposite if I'm doing well if I'm doing the opposite of what you're saying I'm literally just acting out what I'm mad at, you know, like mm-hmm. the same thing that I'm mad at about mm-hmm. that side. But, and you can feel mad. Yeah. So we can hold both of those. Like you can feel mad. You can be like, fuck the patriarchy. Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> da, da, da. You can feel all of that and live alongside the other truth. And mm-hmm. I think that's, what's really important is to hold both in our hands, feel mm-hmm. the feeling, give yourself the gift of that and acknowledging the, the greater scope of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was such an expansive answer. Thank you so Yay. much. I feel my, I felt my capacity, exp- you know, get my, Yay. yeah, thank you. Okay. So I wanted to end it with um, your book. Uh, you, I think just recently said that writing it was like a plant medicine journey, mm-hmm. uh, which only makes me want to write a book more, mm-hmm. <laughs> but can you explain that a little bit? Was it because oh. I'm sure there was a bunch of purging and totally so technically like I've been writing my whole life everyone thinks yeah. this is my first book but this is actually my third yeah and I'm not correcting anybody because I don't really want people going to get the other two because they were written more of like I'm gonna like market myself through you know it was more of a marketing thing and it needed to come through but like this is my first book book like yeah. tr- truly like it feels like a book 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 you can feel um, it yeah. And I wanted it to feel that way. I wanted, I wanted it to feel like, I don't, I just, I wanted it to feel like a piece of art that was a creation, not just a marketing tool. Like this is not a marketing tool. This is its own life. And long story as short as I can make it, I've been writing versions of a book that wanted to come through for like three years. And Mm. 
my previous partner was wrapping up his book and there were many a nights where we would take baths and talk about book writing. And I would just like, (laughs) am I ever going to write something that's important? And he was just like, just start again, just start again. And I was like, you don't understand. (laughs) I have started so many times, which I have. I, I wrote like four books in 2020. And I don't know, someday he just said it in such a way that I was like, fuck it, fine. And I just started writing and I wrote, I wrote, I wrote the first draft of the book in three weeks, which is pretty normal for me. I write books incredibly fast. So I wrote the first draft and then a month later we split up the first time we split up. And that same time when we broke up where I was just about to engage in some of the deepest grief I've ever experienced there's something very karmic with that man for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that same week I got an editor for the book mm-hmm. and he told me that I needed to rewrite it. He was like, this is great, but it's so, so feminine and flowy <sighs> and there's no structure. We need to bring some masculine structure to this. We need to create an outline and you can't just write for anybody and everybody. You need to write for a specific person. Mm. And so I'm grieving. I'm on the ground. I'm eating like one piece of cake per day as my main like food ingredient as I'm binge watching love at first sight. And, you know, so angry too, dealing with so much anger and rage. And like, I like, love. and here my editor is like, let's rewrite this book. So I was holding both deep grief, deep upset, sacred injustice, all these things that were coming up for me at the same time that I was starting anew writing this book about love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was the greatest gift I ever could have been given because the book that came through was not meant to come through. That was not meant to be the book published. Mm-hmm. Everything I've learned in the last nine months, because this book from start to finish took nine months, it was proper yeah. birth. Wow. Everything that came through uh, needed to come through during this moment of deep grief, of deep longing, of, mm. of touching something that was so tender. Whatever I needed to write needed to come through that. And there were like four rounds of revisions. So the final product of what you're reading is not the rawest of raw of my grief. It like really kept getting, but that was part of the plant medicine journey of keep having to come back to this this piece of art for me that was a true a true like example of what it means to turn your pain into art. This book mm-hmm. is turning my pain into art. And mm-hmm. I taught something that was like worthwhile out of something that was really, you know, I didn't want to just give people Osho. I don't know if you're familiar with Osho, mm-hmm. but he talks about how you don't want to consume people's vomit. And mm-hmm. I think he talks about how, I think it's Picasso. He's like, this was a deeply disturbed man that your people are hanging their Picassos. and you're you're consuming his vomit every day which is such a funny way that he phrased that yeah but I don't want to sell vomit I want to actually sit Uh with the vomit and create something beautiful out of it that's sparkly and that's why I bought this rose gold dress for it so much love into making it feel good I wanted it to feel good but I wanted it to come out of something that was a wake-up call so Mm That whole process, that's what plant medicine really does. We're like purging things and you don't want to sell the purge. You want to sell and we're not, you know, we're not selling our plant medicine journeys, but you want to share and you want to inspire the world with what comes through 
from that journey, not just mm-hmm. the journey, but what comes through after. Yeah. The ahas, the the gift of mother ayahuasca that comes through to you, that's what you then illuminate and transmit when you leave the temple and you go into the world. That's the gift that's then embodied. And so we don't want to just sell the pain. We want to sit with the pain and mold it and edit it and sharpen it and craft it and harness it and then spread it into the world as we would post plant medicine journey. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, good. Thank you. Okay. I know we're at our time. So I'm going to do the lightning round super quick. If you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say? Mm, I would say, I'd say listen to yourself. Mm. If you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be? It's going to come to mind first. Uh, Jane Keys. That's what you said last time. Oh, did I? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So good. I'm in their current uh, dream, the dream one. Yeah. Yeah. If you could whisper one Mm -hmm. phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be? Deeper the no, deeper the yes. You said that last time. Did I really? Yes. <laughs> I have your answers written down from last time. Oh my God, it's so funny. This is common. The people say this no. Wow, it's just popping. Maybe it's coming through because it's you or something. But like, yeah, these are these are things I live it by. It never so. happens. Wow, that's so funny. <laughs> I'm kind of um, embarrassed. I'm like, do I know? No, that's really good. I, the, I mean, the deeper the no, the deeper the yes. Like, that must be really, you know? in there it's really in there yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) before we let you go where can people find you online and I think right now your book is only hard copy and kindle right on amazon no it's paperback yeah and it's already yeah yeah Yeah, so you can get artist of love on amazon and paperback and um it'll be elsewhere by the end of the month Barnes and Noble, indie bookshops. So it will be, we're working on that. But right now it's available on Amazon. And you can find me all over Instagram at Madeline Moon, M-A-D-E-L-Y-N. I do lots of videos and skits and spiritual comedy and teachings. And MaddieMoon.com, Maddie with a Y is my website. Yeah, I love your social because it... Oh my gosh. It's just, it helps us to not take things so seriously. Like you take these really, really heavy topics mm-hmm. and you make them playful and humorous and it's just a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. and your book arrives Friday. So I'm so excited. Yay! Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Yeah. I'll have to give you a mug. I have a box of mugs. That say yes. love, so if I see you, we run into each other. I'll bring you a mug. Yeah. At Whole Foods <laughs> again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much. I'm so, so thankful mm-hmm. for your light. And I can just feel, mm-hmm. like I said, it was four years ago that we first interviewed and I can just feel like how much, like, I mean, your transmission was already really deep, but I can feel mm-hmm. it like in a different way now, even more. So I'm so thankful that you just continue and continue and continue to, to deepen your. Mm-hmm. Thank, you. Thank you, love. Thank you so much for having me back and for, uh, supporting the book and sharing the the word about the book. I really appreciate you yeah, and all of your beautiful cool. questions. All right, you guys. Hmm. I really, really, really encourage you to go look at her Instagram to know uh, what I'm talking about when I said that she turns these heavy topics into art because it's such an example of all that she spoke of as well of how we can express in relationship and I'm so glad that she clarified about um 
like allowing for the emotion first and like expressing it with ourselves first, because that was the piece that I was missing. And that's why it was feeling so inauthentic. But if you look at her page, oh my gosh, they're just hilarious. There's my favorite one is when she's, um, she's got like the huge eyes because of the filter and she's pulling like the milk out of the fridge. And she's like, you didn't, uh, you used the last of milk. That one is, is so good. And then the other one that's more recent where, uh, she's talking about like someone unfollowing her and being like, I'm unfollowing you. And she like acts out what that would look like in real life. And it's freaking hilarious. So I get, I mean, every single time I go to her page, I, I end up sharing like three things because they're just all so good. And you learn so much about relationship and polarity and projections in a way that like is truly memorable like you can read a meme or you can read someone's caption and a couple days later you may forget it but because hers is so funny it like sticks with you so it truly is uh, her page is is really uh, full of powerful tools and uh, so good all right I will ask you guys if you can if you would like to support this podcast. It would mean so much to me if you would leave a review. I would love if you leave a review about this specific episode. And if you could hit subscribe so that you don't miss future shows, if you just stumbled upon here because you were listening to, uh, you know, wanting to listen to Maddie Moon specifically, I would love for you to hit subscribe, to leave a review. You could also support the show through the affiliates. The best toys for sex at dameproducts.com. Code Jade gets you 15% off. My favorite is the AIR, the A-E-R. It's the one you heard about in the ad earlier in the show. It's a suction toy. And I like to pair it with my pleasure wand, my cervical wand especially, or my yoni egg. And I do one-on-one sessions with women to teach them how to use it. I am being certified in that as well. And code Jade for a discount on there. The website is wands.com, W-A-A-N-D-S.com. Also, there's a link in the show notes and in my Instagram bio for all things Gene Keys. If you use anything on their site through clicking my link, I get a little uh, royalty fee and that is one way to support me in the show as well. And then all things infrared at higher dose code Jade 75 for $75 off. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with me and being on this journey. It would mean so much if you would leave that review, share an episode with a friend. If, if someone came to mind while you were listening to the show, it's likely that they're meant to hear this episode. So send it to them. You can also join me on Instagram at Untamed and Unashamed Podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here.
Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big. 